1: Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery.
2: Greetings, podcastlings. It's Chris. All right, quick business to get out of the way before we start the Nerdist Podcast number 14. Uh, First of all, I would like to thank you personally because... In just two short months, we amassed uh, over a million downloads for the Nerdist Podcast, uh, which is mind-blowing. We didn't expect that, and we really, really, really appreciate your support. Uh, So thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Also, if you're going to be in Los Angeles on Tuesday, May 11th, we're going to be doing the Nerdist Podcast live at Largo. It's going to be an all-music show, and our special guests will be Paul and Storm, Mike Furman, and Tom Lennon, who you probably know from Reno 911 in the state also a very, very special guest, whose name I can't tell you, but it is a very, very, very special guest. Trust me. Uh, All right, so let's get into this episode. Today's guest is Mr. Stan Lee. Uh, Now, I've met Stan before. He is an amazing guy. Super sweet. He's funny. He's charming. He's self-deprecating. I mean, you just want to kidnap the guy and force him to be your grandfather. So... We did this chat on April 14th at the National Association of Broadcasters in Las Vegas. Um, And the NAB is basically an event that's been going on for 80 years where content providers from all platforms come together and display their wares. Um, if you're ever in Vegas and it's going on, you should go, and you can get more information about uh, their organization at nabshow.com. So Stan and I uh, did a pretty standard Q&A in front of a huge group of people who were super excited that he was there, um, and then they got to ask questions afterwards. And, and And all in all, I think everyone had a great time. I had a good time. I hope Stan had a good time. I know the crowd there had a good time. Uh, Jimmy J.J. Walker had good times. Uh, Jonah probably didn't have a great time because he wasn't there. Uh, Matt had a decent time. He wasn't on the show, but he was running the board. Uh, his time was probably made much better by the fact that somewhere in his heart he was thinking of a Dave Matthews song. And hopefully, you will have a good time. As I present to you, the Nerdist Podcast number 14 with Stan Lee. X L C R.
1: Now entering... Nerdist.com. Please welcome Chris Hardwick and Stan Lee.
0: I I don't like you getting as big an introduction as I did. You know, we'll talk later. I don't know. I, to be fair, I think in the contract I got
2: three less sentences than you, so you're still, you're still, you're still the main guy.
0: Also, how do you like me being an opening act? You know, the first guy <laughs> to warm up the audience till the really good ones come. Till the along. magician comes yeah. out. Yeah, Well, um, that's the way it goes. This, uh, thank you guys for
2: coming out at nine o'clock in the morning uh, in in Las Vegas. I'm where... not
0: thanking me for coming out this early. Oh, Jesus! Think it was easy. <laughs> We'll get to you, Stanley. I'm afraid of that. Uh,
2: So, Stan, you were born to the name Stanley Lieber. Stanley Martin
0: Lieber. Stanley Martin Lieber, Mm
2: -hmm. okay. And then, uh, and then you changed your name to Stan Lee because there was this idea that comic books were sort of at the bottom of the cultural totem pole. So what was, uh, can you just give us a little concept of what it was like to,
0: to go into comics uh, in the 1940s? Sure, actually I changed my name because the cops were after me. Okay. That's another story. <laughs> um, in the 1940s, being in the comic book business, I was like Rodney Dangerfield, you got no respect. (laughs) I mean, I'd go to a party with my wife and um, somebody would come over, hey, what do you do? I I knew what was going to happen, so I'd say, I'm a writer, and I'd try to walk away, and they'd say, oh, what do you write? Uh Uh-uh. So I'd say, "Um, uh, magazine stories, and I'd walk a little further, and they'd keep following. Finally, I had to say comic books, at which... Time the person would turn around and walk away. <laughs> of course, now it's different. Now I'm in a room somewhere, and somebody says, "Wait a minute, that's Stan Lee. Excuse me, President Obama. I got to talk." Yes, here. exactly. <laughs> why now? Why why did comic books have such a have such a stigma attached to them? Well, I can only tell you what my publisher told me at that in those early days in the late forties, fifties, Stan don't use words of more than two syllables. Don't give me talk about characterization and plot. Give me a lot of action. Mm-hmm. I want a lot of fight scenes, because our readers are either very young kids or illiterate adults, and that's what, that's what the publisher thought of the public, of his readers, so uh, nobody, ever thought that anybody who was educated would read a comic, you know. And that was the business I was in, you know, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but obviously it worked out pretty
2: well. So uh, when, did you, when did you start to notice that, oh, wait, actually comic books, this is actually a viable career. This can actually be my primary career, then I don't have to be ashamed of
0: it. Well. It really started with the Fantastic Four. You know, when, you, when you're in conversation this way, mm-hmm. I never know whether to look at you or look at the people. So I'm trying to do both. I'm sort of an equal opportunity looking te- at te- in, the,
2: in the television biz,
0: we cheat out. That guy wants you to look at him All right, I'm looking at him. <laughs> um, anyway, the question was... When did I know, mm-hmm. see I like to summarize these things for you, I know you have a short interest span. <laughs> when, when did I realize that we were on Wait a something? minute,
2: aren't you Stanley?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I just checked out for a second. We were on to something, right? It was after the Fantastic Four. That was the first book we did where I said, the hell with it, I'm gonna try to let them talk like real people might mm-hmm. talk and react to each other and have personalities and so forth. And I was trying to be realistic in the sense, if Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, Mm -hmm. don't go telling anybody, if Johnny Storm was gonna drive a car, it wouldn't be a whiz-bang V8, it would be a Chevy Corvette. Mm And if they were gonna to go to a movie, they wouldn't go to the Bijou, they'd go to the Radio City Music Hall. And they lived in east side of downtown Manhattan and so forth, instead of Metropolis or Gotham City. I wanted it to be realistic. Well, after a while, we started getting fan mail. Now, we had never had fan mail before. Um, all of a sudden, I got letters written in crayon. Then, after a while, they were written in pencil. Then they were written in ink. Later on, I started getting some that were typed. And suddenly, the return addresses were from a high school and a college. I said, we're on to something. That's nice. And that's what happened. It was when the emails started coming in. And the first impressive thing that happened, I'll never forget four kids who were members of the Cleosophic Society, and I don't know what that means, from Princeton came to the office, and they wanted to make me an honorary member of the Princeton Cleosophic Society, so I said, we have arrived. Comic books have now reached the proper level. I think Cleosophic cre- means crayon, right? <laughs> Thanks very much. That um, so couldn't there be some academician who was interviewing me? Instead of- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: In oh, Stanley, <laughs> in, conversa-
0: in told- conversation with me is what I meant.
2: He said this was going to happen. You know, I, I was going to bring this up a lot later uh, in the inter- <laughs> interview, but um, I, I, I've been following your tweets uh, as, as a loyal fan would, and uh, that makes you a brigadier. See, I have a, my
0: own brigade. I'm a brigadier. You're all welcome to join, but you have to start as privates. Later on, I may give you a Battlefield promotion, but that comes in time.
2: I think automatic promotion for getting in line at eight o'clock in the morning at the convention center for everyone. But uh, so I'm also friends with Craig Ferguson and I talked to Craig last night and I know that you guys, have, uh, you guys have a Twitter war that is afoot. And I spoke to Craig so I could get a statement from him to see what he wanted to uh, contribute. And Craig said, Stan, I respect your legacy, I respect your talent, and I will destroy you.
0: (laughs) The man doesn't know what he's up against. (laughs) So, what were the early, uh, I'm just curious to know what the early comic book conventions were like. What were the early comic cons like? Oh, they were a lot different than they are today. I don't know how many of you have been to a comic book convention lately, but the way they used to be, They were all kids, little kids. And occasionally, you'd see an adult or two, the parents who the kids dragged to the place because they were too young to come by themselves. Now, all you see are grown-ups with a few kids that they couldn't leave at home because they couldn't get a babysitter. (laughs) And it's a totally different thing. And for example, the biggest convention is the one in San Diego. They get over 150,000 people there, I think and it's all movie people television people media people you wouldn't understand that i don't know I'll what explain those words it are later. Yeah, i don't know i don't know and um, they're all looking for the next hot movie the next hot tv show and the poor kids they're outside with their noses pressed against the window <laughs> wishing they could get in do you think that do you think that's um I mean, I know it's good for
2: the business as a whole, but do you think it's bad in the sense that, you know, comic books aren't necessarily, you know, an underground phenomenon anymore? They are so mainstream and corporate. I mean, do you, is, that, is that good, is it
0: bad? What do you think? I don't know. I, I think. No, I don't think it's bad, because people can, uh, young people, old people, they can still buy them and read them, and Mm -hmm. they can still enjoy them. And I was exaggerating a little bit. They can still go to comic book conventions, no matter what their age. When you say corporate, they were always corporate. I mean, comic books, even in the early rotten days, were owned by companies, you know, by corporations. It's just that now, they, they're more respected because everybody realizes if I read a comic book and I think it's good, there's a good chance it'll be a $200 million movie in another yeah, few that's, years. That's the thing, it seems like,
2: you know, when you, were, when you were first making comic books, you obviously weren't thinking, oh, I wonder how this is gonna look in a shot, like you were just trying to tell a story. How do you know what I was thinking? <laughs> uh, I own a TARDIS, I traveled back in time and spoke to you 60 years ago. TARDIS. Three people. Doctor Who. Um, so, I mean, what's your process like when, you, you know, when you're sitting down to, you know, when you come up with this character, any character, what, what's the process? Does it just kind of come to you in the shower or do
0: you, do you sit down and say, I'm going to make one of the biggest comic book heroes ever today? Well, years ago when I thought of things, I wasn't thinking it'll be one of the biggest comic book hero. I was thinking, I hope the book sells, so I'll keep my job, and I'll be able to pay my rent every month, and that was about as far as your aspirations went in those days. Now of course, if I think of something, I say, hey, this would make a good movie, and I think it'll be a great line of toys, and uh, a TV series is certain to follow, and uh, you know, it, you, you think a little bit higher level. This guy would look great on jammies, <laughs> That's something right. you might say.
2: Yeah.
0: Are there- do
2: you have any tales from the Stanley rejection bin? Are there some characters that you were excited about that you could just
0: never just make work, or you know, that you really wanted to work? Now this will sound terrible, but every one of them worked. I mean, the, the um, well, you see, I never had a rejection, but it's not as good as it sounds. I'll explain. I was the editor in chief. I was in charge creatively. I'm also my biggest fan. So, if ever I would come up with an idea, I'd say, gee, that's great! And I'd say, let's do it! Because I was the guy who said, let's do it! So everything that I did, I thought was terrific. And uh, (laughs) so I got no rejections, because I would have been the rejector, and I'm not gonna reject my own stuff. I, I don't know if that answers your question, but. I'm trying to be. Uh, you can tell. I'm trying to be as honest and forthright with you people as possible, and I hope it's appreciated. So, what is it? I think they appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Take that, Craig Ferguson. Oh snap! <laughs> it's own Scotsman. Um,
2: so, how do you, you know, how do you feel that? Com- because obviously. You know, we're such a, a, a visually interactive society now with, you know, with the, now everyone's 3D and 3D TV and 3D movies, but how do, how do you feel that comic books tell a story in a way that maybe you know a movie or a television show can't?
0: Well, every form of the media tells a story in ways that others can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, a movie tells a story in a way that a television show can't, the television show tells a story in the way that a magazine can't, or a newspaper, they're all different. A comic book is really like um, when you do storyboards for a movie. The good thing about comics now, people in Hollywood really don't have the time, and most of them don't have the interest, to read a full script. So if somebody wants to sell a script to a movie company, a distributor, a producer, there's very little chance the guy is gonna read it. But it's so easy for anybody to look at a comic book. You can, you can thumb through it in a couple of minutes You say, hey, wow, these pictures are great oh, that scene would look terrific on the screen, there's a lot of action, yeah, I wanna do this movie. So you're talking about studio
2: heads were going back to the illiterate adults from before. who have Just to about, and that's a very <laughs> good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a concept with words alone. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I have a lot of friends who tried to sell scripts and they couldn't, and so they said, well, I'll just make it into a comic book and then they ended up selling uh, it selling just the, the way
0: it happens, yeah. I wish I had stayed in comics. What an idiot I am. <laughs> Shows you how smart I am. When comics are bigger than ever, I'm not doing... Oh, well, I am doing some, come to think of it, yeah. So that's okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you have, you know, you have POW Entertainment. POW is working with a company called Boom. Mm-hmm. We're doing some comics. And of all companies, the Archie Company, we're doing a new kind of superhero for the Archie books. And we just did a comic book that's doing very well in Japan called Ultimo, and it'll come over here as a movie or a TV series soon. And we're doing a cartoon in Japan, an animated cartoon called Hero Man, which will probably come over here sooner or later. And we're very big in Japan. The Chinese are (laughs) jealous, but I'll make time for them later. (laughs) I forgot what the question was. Hey, I gotta tell you something. Doesn't matter. No, I gotta tell you something. Please. I've done, in conversation, with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You're really good. What? No, No, you really are. Are you kidding? This guy is good. Are you, come (laughs) on. All right, that's all. All right. I was only only kidding. That's all I get.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, Now, what's the process for you when you when you're creating stuff? Uh, I mean,
0: is it is it literally just you go make that? Do you sit down to write or like what what, what's your process? Well, luckily, I'm still my biggest fan, so I like everything I do. But I don't (laughs) have time to actually do the finished writing. Right. So what I do is I try to come up with an idea that would make a good movie, television show, whatever, and then we try to get the best screenwriter or comic book writer or whatever Mm -hmm. to do it, and I sort of supervise it, or I'm the executive producer, Mm -hmm. or whatever that might, actually, I'm also very lucky. I have a partner, a fellow I work with, named Gil Champion, who had been a really terrific producer years ago, and now he's part of the management team of POW Entertainment, and this guy really knows movies and television, and he's been a, see, I'll come up with an idea. i say, hey, I think it would be great, we have Spider-Man, maybe we'll have Mosquito Man. And he'll say, (laughs) oh, Mosquito Man sounds great, we'll do it as a TV series. I might have thought it would be a movie. Gil thinks it should be a TV series, and he knows better. So I just come up with an idea, and then Gil says where we should direct it. So that makes it easy for me, because otherwise I would flounder, because mm-hmm. there, are, there are so many places. You, you know, if you have an idea for something today, well, should you do it as a comic strip? Mm-hmm. Should you do it over the internet? Should you do it as a, oh, you know, we're doing something called Time Jumper for Disney, and it's a, it's called a motion comic. It's a cross between a comic book and an animated oh, cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen those, those see on, it. on iTunes. Yeah. So you say to yourself, should I do it as a motion comic? Should it be a television show, a movie? But I'm lucky enough to have Gil at my side, and he says, make it a motion comic, so I don't have to think, you see, and that makes it easy. I
2: agree. I think Mosquito Man should be a motion
0: comic. Yeah. Hey, I said it first. You did say it. First. Oh, I shouldn't have blurted that oh, out. Oh, now everybody's going to be rushing to write a Mosquito Man. Damn it. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Yeah. How do you. Uh, how, so, how do you come up with Spider Man? How, how do you say, let's combine man and spider? Like, what's. What, how does that. First of all, you have to start by being incredibly brilliant. Yes. <laughs> no, what happened was. <laughs> I have told this story so often that for all I know it might even be true. But I-, I was trying to think of a new hero, and I had done everything. We had the Thing who was the strongest guy around. We had the Human Torch who could burst into flame and fly. We had uh, uh, the Hulk. We, uh, uh, I was telling them, what can I do that's different, and um, it occurred to me while I was sitting at my desk, I saw a fly crawling on the wall. Now, I don't want you to think my house is filled with flies. This was <laughs> one little fly. And I said, uh, gee, wouldn't it be something? I said to myself, that is. I don't know that I said it out loud. I may have just thought it. I, I th- like to think of you sitting going,
2: yeah. wouldn't it be funny if like just out loud? It, to pretty you, much. So, yeah.
0: I was almost gonna say I thought to myself, but my wife always catches me and says, You can't say I thought to myself. Who else would you think to? And she's right. So it has to be I thought. If you ever hear anybody say I thought to yourself, say Stan's wife says you shouldn't say that. Can I please just <laughs> Can I please just tell you this is just as a sidetrack? You just remind me that
2: my dad leaves himself messages on on the phone to remember to do things, but he identifies himself to himself. <laughs> so when you listen to his airsing machine, you hear, this is me calling me to remind me to leave out the trash. Like, who do you think is leaving you these messages to do these
0: chores? Your dad is a great man. <laughs> so anyway, what the hell were we, oh yeah, so um, I saw this fly and I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool, if- no, I'm lying. In those days, there wasn't an expression cool. I said, probably, wouldn't it be groovy? <laughs> wouldn't it be groovy if a superhero could stick to the wall like a fly, you know? So I said, that's a good idea. But Flyman didn't do it for me as a name. So I went down the list, Mosquito Man, mm-hmm. um, whatever insect I could think of. And then I got to Spider Man. Now, I want you to think. Spider Man. I mean, that sounds dramatic, you know. It had to work. So I said, "I'll call him Spider." I'm very good at names, also. I said, "I'll call him Spider Man." And lo, a legend was born. <laughs> and kind of gets you here.
2: It really does. We're taking a moment. Um, now, when you finally, when they when they, fart, when they started making the movies uh, in the early two in the early two thousands, oh, it's already weird to say that. But in the early 2000s when they when they made the first uh, you know of the new Spider-Man movies did you watch it and go yes this is exactly you know I mean because before that you know, film technology wasn't in such a place where it could look the way that Mm -hmm. it did, so did you feel like it really would have taken that long to make that
0: film? Well, my first thought was, yeah, this is gonna make me famous! (laughs) But after that... No, I thought it was a great job. Sam Raimi really kept it true to the spirit of Spider-Man, and uh, he only made one blundering mistake, but I forgive him for it, I understand how it was. He didn't make me play the part of J. Jonah Jameson, Mm-hmm. the irascible newspaper editor, and I was born to play that role. Just like I'm amazed they don't have me playing Odin in the Thor movie, but hey, <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> Did you even audition for it? You no, watched? they didn't even let me audition. Gave them my one lousy cameo and then goodbye. <laughs>
2: when are we going to see a more... I want to see a full-length uh, Stan Lee feature film. I want to oh, see starring Stan Lee. Uh, some idiots are doing a documentary. Some idiots... <laughs> So, <laughs> no matter of fact,
0: these these idiots are doing this thing. They're doing a documentary of my life. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's almost finished. You'll be subjected to it probably the beginning of next year, and. Uh... Don't blame me. Someone else is doing it. Anyhow, <laughs> what did you say? Hey, I just realized I could be looking at myself on the screen instead of staring. How do I look? You look. You look good. Yeah, pretty good. Huh? Yeah, you look good all yeah, big up there. Gee, I, I like that. Okay, nice. that's good. I like a yeah. close-up. Right. Uh, we don't need him. Just keep it on Yeah, me. just keep it on stand.
2: <laughs> there's your camera. Give a little kiss to the camera, Stan. Uh,
0: Why don't I see it? This thing here should have our picture instead of that little dumb diagram there.
2: That's I uh, I don't know what that is even. That's that's a flow chart. That's some kind of flow chart. Just
0: what which... I need, a flow chart.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, there, it's basically advertising the NAB show. So I guess in case you and I forget where we are, uh, there's a big screen. Uh, right there. That's
0: Listen, that's the I hope animation. you're all appreciating this very scholarly discussion yeah. that we're having.
2: Yeah, and it's I, some kind of flow chart. These other jerks made this thing, and then there's a mosquito guy. All right, thanks. Come on, everybody.
0: <laughs> there are a couple people I see who aren't taking notes. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> These are all smart people with photographic memories, Stan.
2: Um, so you've created what is now known as the Marvel method of creating comic books. Um, can you just kind of give us a little bit of a, a walkthrough? Of, did, you, did you set out to create that, or did you just kind of go, yeah, I guess this is what I do, so that's, that's the
0: Marvel method? I like the way he asks my questions, and he answers them for <laughs> me. I, I hope you've noticed that. Very skillful. <laughs> um, I, um, what happened was, I was writing almost all the stories for all the characters, and fast as I am, and wonderful as I am, I was having trouble keeping up. Mm-hmm. Now, the artists were freelancers. They weren't on salary, which meant if they had nothing to draw, they weren't getting paid. So if Steve Ditko was waiting for a script for Spider-Man, and I was still writing the Hulk for Jack Kirby, let's say, Steve had nothing to do, and he wasn't getting paid. So instead of me waiting until I finished the script for Jack Kirby, I would say, look, Steve, I tell you what here's the plot I would like for Spider-Man. Let so-and-so be the villain and let this happen. You go ahead and draw it any way you want to. I'll put in the dialogue later. So I was able to give Steve something to draw while I finished writing the Kirby script. When Steve brought his script in, his artwork in, all I had to do was put in the dialogue and the captions, maybe make a change or two, but Mm -hmm. that was it. So I realized I could do that for most of the artists. I would give them the plot and let them draw it any way they wanted to, and then I would put in the dialogue. So in that way, I kept a lot of guys working at the same time, and I began to realize it's the best system of all because Instead of me writing a complete script and say, panel page two, draw a close-up of this and a long shot of that and a medium shot of that, let the artist decide what to do. That's why they're artists, they're good at it. <laughs> and they all had great story senses. They knew, I was lucky, I worked with the best in the business. They made me look good, thank God. And they would tell the story visually so well and then I would hold it all together, even if they did something that wasn't right, I could fix it the way I did the dialogue and the captions. So it was the fastest way to work, and it turned out to be the best. I was getting the best of the artist, and they were always getting the best of me, so that never changed, and it, was, it turned out pretty good.
2: I mean, it's amazing, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing approach, and an approach that just does not happen enough in the business where they say, Hey, let's let the let's let these creative people do what they're supposed to do creatively. Everything is so micromanaged now. I mean, do you do you do you think that it's possible for us to get back to
0: a place where they're letting artists create work without having to go through marketing people and It's not a case of a place, it's just a case of who's in charge. If someone is in charge, whether it's a movie, a television show, a comic book company or anything, if they're smart enough to be able to recognize who's really got talent in a certain area Mm -hmm. and let those people go and make the decisions in the area that they're good at, then that's the way to do it. But when you talk about micromanaging, so often people in charge, they wanna say how a thing should be done, even though the guy doing it might be better qualified than they are. But you know, I'm paying your salary, you do it my way. Mm -hmm. There you go. How do you Why f- am I so serious? I, I liked it better before. <laughs> you
2: liked it better before when I was answering questions I was asking you. Yeah, I liked the way you answered them. Stan,
0: how do you feel you
2: created Spider-Man? I'm going to guess you said that it was when you saw a fly on the wall, like oh, I'm <laughs> the worst interviewer ever. Um, I want to, by the way, is this, I just want to make sure, is this a 45-minute panel? I want to make sure we give time for people to do Q&A. Uh, I got to go. Oh my God, Stan, wait. <laughs> Puff of smoke, you're gone. Is, does anyone, do Do we have an hour or do we have 45? Take an hour. Take an hour. All right, lady in the front that doesn't work here.
0: <laughs> did, did you hear the groans when you said an hour? Oh, geez, <laughs> not another 15 minutes. <laughs>
2: Forget it, four-hour Stan Lee marathon. We're not... There's nothing else to do in
0: Vegas at this hour. You need to stay inside where it's air conditioned. Nothing to do in Vegas. Wait, I have to talk to you after the show.
2: Vegas is weird to me, because I don't, I don't drink or gamble. So for me, I just see the matrix code behind a lot of Vegas. I'm like, oh, icky.
0: This is uh, the one man on the face of the Earth that doesn't drink or gamble. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying I never did, but at one
2: point, I did it for three or four lifetimes. So uh, we do it now. And now let's take a moment and talk about our feelings. Um, so I was showing you the iPad uh, back, back in our speaker oh, cubicle. Oh, yeah, yeah. So how do you feel that...
0: uh how do you feel technology is, is 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 helping or changing or maybe hurting comics? Oh no! It well nothing hurts anything. It, it everything changes things. I think there'll always be comics, just the way there'll always be books. There'll always be movies. There'll always be television. I remember. Excuse me. I remember when TV first came out. Everybody said oh, that's the end of books. Nobody is ever going to read a book. They're going to just stay looking at their TV screen. Eh, There's still a book business. Um, there will still <laughs> (laughs) Whether this is good or bad, I don't know, but they'll always be comics. Uh, They may not be as big as they were, or they may someday be bigger than they were. You know, a lot of these movies that are based on comics make people who enjoyed the movie want to go and read the comic book Mm -hmm. series. So it works both ways. One hand washes the other. And um, I love technology. I don't understand it. I'm no good at working anything. But I love the idea of all these new things, and all that they do is keep people interested in all the new ways of, of looking at a story, or being involved in a story. And with video games, they're part of the story. So it, it's a fascinating age we live in, it really is.
2: It's really cool, like yeah, the, the Marvel app on the iPad, when you swipe across, it takes you through the panels
0: like you're actually reading the comic book, which yeah. is still a completely
2: different experience. Yeah.
0: Than, uh, than you would have before, and wait till you see Time Jumper. Yes, you haven't seen that. When yet, is that? When you? is Time Jumper? Because you'd be raving about it if you had seen it. And <laughs> I got to mention that it's a Disney co-production with us. Time Jumper is. Uh, you can see it on your telephones now, and eventually okay. it'll be all over there. Wondering whether they should make it a TV series or a feature film or or. That's why you got Gil. Gil's going to make that (laughs) call. That's why Gil figured that out. Gil's going to make that call. G-I-L-L. He spells it G-I-L-L. Good note. He gets very upset if you get it wrong. Double L. G-I-double L. -L. (laughs) And there's a whole story behind that, but that'll be for another interview. (laughs) For another conversation. Sam, we got three more hours. You might as well tell the Gil story. (laughs) Um, Well, I I want to... Yeah, we just we have
2: about fifteen minutes left. I just want to make sure that we get a few questions from the audience, uh, and I don't. Oh, that'll know. destroy me! I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> They've been waiting for their chance to get even. This is some of the Ferguson Army plants <laughs> are in the audience? Ferguson rules, and he's going to run out. Like, Good victory, sir. Um, Alright, I think I, I think I covered mainly everything that I wanted, so I don't want to be selfish and take a your Yeah, you're your time. better
0: off than me, though. You got all your notes on a piece of paper, I'm standing here, helpless, unarmed.
2: The only thing I followed was the Craig Ferguson quote that I wrote down. <laughs> Thanks um, a lot. Yeah, exactly. All right. The, this gentleman was uh, spry and got to the mic first. What What is your name, sir? Uh, my name is uh, Marcello. I'm Marce- from uh, Houston, Texas. Marcello from Houston, Texas. And what is your question for Mr. Stan Lee? Well, first of all, Stan, um, I've been reading Marvel since 1973, since I was eight years old, and
1: uh, I love love your. I love comics. I have like 10,000 of them. Um, my question is specifically what got me into comics at that time, now this is a real geek question, was the whole movement in the horror comics. And Marvel did that whole spin on horror
2: comics where, you know, the, the, it wasn't just the monster, it was the human behind the monster. And, of course, that kind of went away in the, like, as we get towards the 80s. I'm just sort of curious on your spin on the whole... Um, Monsters and comics, and mar- especially the Marvel monsters. What do you think the future is there? All right,
0: so uh, Marcelo was a huge, um, huge horror comic fan. The reason that he's repeating it. Even though I look as though I'm perfect in every way, my hearing isn't as good as it used to be. I could hear you, but it's hard for the words to focus through the microphone. So he'll repeat it. So don't be offended. It's not that I'm not listening. Go ahead. <laughs> what, did, what the hell did he say? But I. But I, <laughs> I, <and> I <laughs>
2: I also have a. I also have the power to repeat it in as derisive a manner as possible. Marcelo was all like, "What's up with horror comics?" <laughs> <laughs> That's how he sounds. Nice. I'm from here. Can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> and sleep. All right, um, so he wants to know like, what, what's the like, horror comics. He was fascinated by the, the human behind the monster stories and he feels like that kind of went away in the 80s, so you know,
0: where do you see uh, horror comics, so, sort of in the whole comic sphere? Oh, they never went away. Uh, We don't publish them the way we used to, but horror is a great field. People love it. They love horror movies, and the chances are Marvel will be bringing out some horror comics. And don't worry, if Marvel doesn't POW Entertainment will, my little company. So keep your eye peeled for the new horror. All right, good idea. You. I hadn't thought of horror. I, that guy is all right. I'm that a guy, horror book. Yeah.
2: That guy's onto something yeah. down there in Texas. Thank you. <laughs> and then Marcella was like, you should make a horror comic. I make a merry <laughs> day. Uh, what's your what is your name, sir? My name is Grant. Grant, how are you? I am good. Where are you from? I'm, well, there's a
0: line there too.
2: Yeah, this is a nice we're kind of double fist in audience uh,
0: style here. Well, we better go fast, because there's a lot of people. Right. Yes, what is I'm your name? I feel like we're having an Alex Grant.
1: Trebek moment here. I'm from Wheeling, Illinois in Chicago. You're from
2: Illinois? OK, Illinois. Yes. Great. Okay. Hi. What's... All right, you guys can fight out in the hall. We got a question, man. All right,
1: actual question. First, I want to say I'm glad you called him Spider-Man and not Spider-Boy, because he was technically in high school. You could have call him Spider-Team, but I can't tell people I read Spider-Boy, so thank you for that. First,
2: he, was, I... he was very thankful that you didn't call him Spider-Boy,
0: because he was technically in high school i got to tell you, I hate little junior sidekicks, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There's no way I would have called them Spider-Boys. These annoying Robin-sized sidekicks. I used to think if ever I were a superhero, there's no way on God's earth I would pal around with a teenager. At at the very least, people would talk. Yeah. (laughs) That is borderline illegal. (laughs) Quick question on the uh,
1: intellectual property uh, question about uh, remixes, video mashups. There's a lot of popular videos on YouTube with Marvel characters on there, and some people aren't just using it for amateur use. They're actually making a little bit of money off of the overlay advertising. What is your position on people taking other people's creative content, repurposing as a new piece of artwork? I heard people and other people. Well, he, I he's missed talking the rest. about
2: okay. I'll, I'll, I'll use a perfect example. Like there was this, there was this really cool thing on YouTube uh, where they made called Marvel Zombies. So they made all these Marvel superheroes as zombies, and they shot a little film, and it was it was great. So he's saying if someone makes a film that's repurposing characters they don't own, like Marvel characters, and then benefiting from advertising on YouTube. You know, what's your stance on that? How do you, you know. Oh, it
0: wasn't the Marvel people who did the Marvel? No, Nintendo? no, no, no. I mean, you know, the internet is yeah. just replete with the. Uh, well, my only attitude there is, I'm not a lawyer. It doesn't bother me, and I figure it helps Marvel because it's just more advertising and more promotion, and it'll make people maybe who weren't interested in Marvel a little bit interested if they like the Marvel zombies. So it's fine with me, but again, I'm not a lawyer. Right now, there may be a whole team of lawyers working on this, I don't know. And then that guy's gonna use his defense, Stan Lee said I could do it.
1: <laughs> uh, no, that's really... I, I, I just won't say it in that kind of voice, but I'll say it.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Grant. What is your name, sir? Hi, my name's Brad. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Taking a little MySpace picture yes. there, Brad? <laughs> yeah, put this up on video. Uh, I'm a, oh, thank you, sir. I'm a Marvel <laughs> zombie, also from back in the day. I just wanted to thank you for years and years of entertainment. See, that I heard. When people say nice <laughs>
0: things, you're very welcome.
2: You, you've given me so much. There's
0: nothing I can give back to you except, and I understand if the answer is no, a man hug. Are you up for a man hug? I missed that part. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on, don't hold me
2: <laughs> What's your name again? Brad. Brad wants to know if you'll kick him squarely in the grind. <laughs> See me after the conversation. Uh, he wanted to give you a man hug, but I, I don't know if we can allow that because I don't want to set the precedent that everyone can come up and start groping Stan.
0: <laughs> I wasn't going to grope him. <laughs> no, Listen, thank you, Stan, for everything you've done and, and given to me personally. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to consider that a verbal man hug. Verbal, and thank you. Man.
2: A verbal man hug. I know, I'm a brutal authoritarian. I'm tough but fair. What's your name,
0: sir? You, you're like drunk with power, you can say. I am. You, you, you can make the decisions. And throw <laughs> her out! This poor lady's
2: like, what did I do? Uh, what's your name, sir?
1: Hi, my name is Stefan Stentje.
2: Oh, what radio station do you work at? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a real nice voice. Uh, Don't you I'm wish from, you did? I wish I did, yeah. I'm from Rio, Brazil. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm huge I enjoy own. your waxing.
1: <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> He's from Brazil <laughs> I've been keeping track You laughed a little louder At what he said than at what I've been saying You're all in trouble <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's, your, what's your question? Um, first of all, you know, thank you for All of that that he said And uh, <laughs> Oh good Probably because of comics I dedicated my life to be and do good so we're out there. And um, first of all, I admire the way that not only you started all the comics, but the way you kept into it. And you still develop. And it's still helping everyone.
2: I think what he's saying is that he, he's, he's inspired by the fact that you never gave up. Like, you, it's clear that you love what you do, and you've continued to make
0: comics after all these years. Well, that's not exactly it. You see, my wife is very (laughs) extravagant, and I haven't been able to give up. (laughs) But thank you very much.
1: Um, I'm starting a bit of a comic book and cartoon show myself, and I wonder what an aspiring artist or writer should do, or where to go, since everything is so closed these days.
2: He wants to know, as an aspiring writer, artist, um, what should he do to try to break into the business because uh, he feels that it's very closed off to new people.
0: So is there, is there anything you can do? It is, it is very difficult. Um, as you can imagine, everybody wants to write comics now because, A, it pays pretty well, but B, if your comic book turns into a movie, It's pretty good for you if you've created and written the character. So you're competing with some of the top writers in America. And I'd say about the only way you can become a writer for comics now, at least for a big comic book company, is to write something in another field that does well, like if you write a novel that sells well, and then you go up to the office and you show the editor, look at that, I've got this novel, he figures, well, you're a pro, I'll give you a try. But just somebody who really has no credit, so to speak, to come up to the office, unless you're a friend of the editor's or there's a real unusual circumstance, it, it is difficult. An artist is different, because if you're an artist, you can show a drawing you've made, and in a second, the editor can tell, wow, this is great, I want to use this guy. But you can never tell if writing is great unless you sit and you read the whole damn thing and nobody has time to do that. And that's why it is tough for a writer today. Sorry. No, okay. I'm and kidding. I'm sorry to have All to say right. that, but
2: no. it really is. But honestly, I mean, especially now with technology, I mean, you can, you can create your own stuff. You can put it online. People can yeah. see it. I mean, I feel like we're in a place where young artists and
0: young writers have the ability to show their work in a way that was never, oh, never possible. he's right. If you can team up with an artist and write I something and have the artist draw it and then put it on the web somewhere and have people notice it, that is one way. I mean, it's a long shot, but that is one way that it might work. I mean,
2: I definitely, I mean, obviously there's a lot of content on the internet. There's yep. a lot of people making stuff, but ultimately, good stuff rises to the top. I mean, it cuts through that din, so, you know, just, just start making it. Don't, I would say don't ask questions, just start doing it, um, would be the advice that was not asked of me. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just realized, like, this is not my panel at all. What am I doing? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, either. <laughs> all right. Thank you very right, much. Thank you. Uh, what is your name, sir? Uh, Paul Kim
0: from San Diego. Good morning,
2: Paul San. from San Diego.
0: Yes, I'm one of those folks who goes to the Comic-Con thing. When he says, what is your name, do you get a little nervous? Like, if I say the wrong name, he may not talk to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you're not Paul. Next. <laughs> Um, So Paul Kim from uh, Digital Production Buzz. We are the uh, makers of the official podcast for the NAB show. And a quick question, basically. um, I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on the NAB show and uh, the wonderful digital tech geeks that you see here in this room. (laughs) He wants to give your impressions of the NAB show and just the... the, the tech geeks that you see in the
0: room. Uh, Well, I got to tell you, you've been one of the best audiences and most tolerant audiences (laughs) I've ever spoken to. I think you guys are great. I don't know who you are, and with the bright light, I can't really see you. (laughs) Uh, But but your reactions are great, and you seem happy, so that's very important. See, if he's happy, I know I'm doing okay. I'm 100% happy. This is a... I don't know if Craig Ferguson is happy. Well, war is not
2: happy between you and Craig. No, this is a, this is a dream come true for me. What, what did you, uh, did, you have a, did you have a question? Oh, well, so I wanted to get what his thoughts were about the NAB show, which he provided. Sure. So um, are you gonna be around later for? Uh, drinks? Yep. Yeah, drinks, cocktails, <laughs> a little it's gambling. That's what it sounded like it was going.
0: He wants to know if you're hanging out at the show uh, later. No, as later. a matter of fact, right after this, I have to fly back to uh, L.A because there's this much work that has piled up, and it was a great sacrifice on my part to come here, but I I couldn't give up a chance to impart some of my knowledge, some of my talent, a little of the greatness that I'm able to bestow upon you. (laughs) I felt I owed it to you, and and the expressions on your faces, which I can't see, is reward enough for me.
2: So we have time for uh, time for a couple more questions. Uh, what is your name, sir? Uh, my name is Stephen McCall. That's correct. Yes, I knew it. Okay. Well, my question is that Stan, a lot of. A lot of people look up to your superheroes that you created as role models. There's Spider-Man and its
0: emphasis on... I heard Iron Man.
2: (laughs) Spider-Man and its emphasis on power and responsibility. There's X-Men and their whole themes of tolerance and social justice and it was made in the civil rights movement. All right, wait, wait, let me me go back to chapter one. Uh, He's Um, saying, um, you know, he's talking about the superheroes you've created. So Spider Man focuses on power and responsibility, whereas X Men focuses uh, on tolerance.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Do you feel any way responsible for the impact your characters have had on the readers? Oh, he's saying, like, the characters as role models you know, what do you feel about uh, the impact that they've had on on young readers as actually,
0: you know, like, oh, I should be responsible, I should be tolerant, you know, that kind of thing. Well, all I can tell you, to be serious for a moment, which is rather painful, A lot of people do come over to me and they say, gee, I wanna thank you for the stuff you wrote years ago because it meant so much to me and it affected my thinking and it affected, and when I was unhappy and confused and I read these stories and I felt better, I'm not sure how that happened because I wasn't trying to write therapeutic stories, but if people felt that way, I'm I'm very glad about it. With with Spider-Man, with the X-Men, The X-Men, there was an underlying theme of anti-bigotry, but that was an underlying theme. I was really mostly trying to just tell an exciting story. And with Spider-Man, I was, again, trying to tell a story that people would enjoy reading. But I find no matter what you write, people read things into it that you may not even have consciously put there. And if, if you found any elements in these stories that were good or beneficial or good for you, I'm delighted, I, I don't know what else to say. That was good, and that's unusual for me. <laughs> I think we have time for one more question. Okay, thank you. Uh, first of all, Stan, an absolute pleasure to uh, be able to speak to you today. Uh, my name is Tim. I'm all the way
2: from yeah, you didn't Henderson, ask Nevada. Name. <laughs> <laughs> he just offered it. <laughs> T- Tim's from Henderson, Nevada, mm-hmm. just uh, just a little ways away. Uh, what I wanted to ask you about was
0: Disney's acquisition of Marvel, and uh, this week, I think the Disney Store announced that they were going to have Iron Man merchandise in the stores and you can have your opinion on on how good a fit that is and how it benefits both Disney and Marvel. He's
2: asking about um, your opinion on uh, Iron Man being in the Disney stores and Disney's
0: acquisition of Marvel, you know, does that? I think the Disney acquisition of Marvel is a very good thing. The people at Disney are very smart and they're very powerful and they know enough to let Marvel do what Marvel does. They don't interfere but now Marvel has all of the weight and power of the Disney distribution machine and all the things that Disney can offer. A lot of people think, oh, now Spider-Man is gonna have Mickey Mouse ears. (laughs) It's nothing like that. Nothing will change except for the better. Marvel will do what Marvel does, but they've got Disney behind them supporting them. And I've worked now with the Disney people for a few years, and I've gotta tell you, they're great. They're very creative, they're very understanding, they know the market, they know what they're doing, and it's a good thing. It's nothing to be concerned about if you like Marvel.
2: Okay, well thank, thank you very, you very much. much. I think we're out of time for questions, but forget about Disney and Marvel, I wanna hear the future of POW. I wanna know, Time Jumper, you said, is coming out. What else can we expect from POW? This
0: is the most frustrating question I've ever heard, because- I take it back. No, that's okay. <laughs> At POW Entertainment, which is my new little company, And it's interesting, it's it's in between Marvel, there's POW, and there's Disney, and the idea of POW being there with Marvel and Disney, it cracks me up, because we're still just a little company, but we have a number of movies in development at Disney, we have some TV shows in development, animated cartoons in development, and we're working on comic books, and here's the frustrating part, I'm not allowed to talk about any, because as you can imagine, Imagine the movie studio wants to make the first announcement mm-hmm. when the thing comes out. The TV studio wants to make the first announcement. So all I can say is we're working on a lot of stuff, which doesn't tell you any more than you knew before, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Oh, what but if that's we just it. start making guesses? We'd be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> if I do that, I'll get in trouble. Okay, too. <laughs> all right, all
2: right. Well, I, I do want to say uh, you all should follow Stanley on Twitter. He is an amazing tweeter. He is smiling Stan Lee, S-M-I-L-I-N, Stanley.:, uh, Stan Lee. No, a... you
0: knew that. Of course I'm
2: following you. Wow. Of course I'm following You're you. You're the yeah. one. Yeah. No, because there's already a Stan Lee and he's just a guy who happens <laughs> to be named Stan <laughs> oh, Lee. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bastard. Also. Uh so <laughs> I'm <laughs> not your name either, but that's alright, that's fine. No, no, it is my name. Oh, you changed it. Legally. Legally, oh, you yeah. changed
0: it. Alright. You know, when I sign autographs, and sometimes I have to do a lot of them, I think to myself, I'm glad my name is an Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley is so easy. Well,
2: I, I want to thank you for taking the time to come out here, and then also just for me as, uh, as a creativity type person, I, I love the idea that you've been doing what you love all these years. You're not like the classic tortured artist. You're a genuinely nice guy. who's Adorable.
0: <laughs> a, a lovely. <laughs> lovely guy. Uh, and I wish I were someone else so that I could be friends with me.
1: Honest <laughs> <Artist> to God. <laughs> I'll, I'll, bet, I'll
2: bet you envy me for being able to meet you yeah, for the first I mean, time. Boy, you are the luckiest guy. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please have a huge hand for Mr. Stan Lee. Thank you. Hey, and thank you. Oh, fantastic.
1: Now leaving nerdist.com. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels